0: Hello everybody. Today we are here at Outreach Teen and Family Services office located inside the executive building on Washington Road. My name is Maggie Zangara. I am the program manager here at Outreach as well as an outpatient therapist and I will be hosting this episode of Teens Tap In. I am here today with the lovely Zoe Constantine. And she is a previous member of our Youth Advocacy Committee. Zoe, thank you so much for being here. Yeah. Well, today's episode theme is going to be all about Zoe and her mental health story and experiences. So to start us off,
1: Zoe, can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Mm, let's see well i am going to be 15 in october that's exciting yeah and going into ninth grade i have a dog he's a shih tzu what's your dog's name gizmo gizmo that's such a cute name and then i have one sister um she just went off to kent state though oh how was that it was it was okay i guess
0: yeah she
1: got embarrassed by us, so she kicked us out, but
0: <laughs> that's funny. Well I'm sure you're gonna miss her a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully I think it's still a great opportunity though to like appreciate when you get to see each other mm-hmm. and hopefully you'll have times so where she'll come home or maybe you can go up and visit. Yeah. Um and obviously talk through FaceTime mm-hmm. and text as well. Very nice. So, now we're going to do a couple fun icebreaker questions. Are you ready? Yep. Okay, first one. What animal best represents you today, and why?
1: It's hard. Um, Probably, I don't know, probably just a dog. I'm a pretty dog. chill, so...
0: Yeah. So, a dog, because some some dogs, I wonder if Gizmo, is Gizmo pretty chill? No. <laughs> <laughs> so, you'd be a chill dog. You wouldn't really channel Gizmo's energy, Yeah, no. you'd you channel a chill dog's yeah, energy. Yeah, I love that. I think I would be a dolphin today. Aww. I'm feeling very, like, social and... Um, just like this want to be outside. So, and I think just being on vacation in Florida, yeah. Um, I was reminded of how much I love the beach. So yeah. Okay. Second question. What is the most used emoji on your phone right now? Um, I'm going to look. Me too. Okay. Okay. Zoe, what is yours? A heart, ah, is it the red heart or is yeah? It... Oh, that's so sweet. I love that. What about yours? Mine is that smiley face that has like the little blushy. Oh yeah, like cheeks. Aww. yeah. I use that one a lot. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and third and final question: If you could be famous for one thing, what would it be? One thing. Probably, writing. Yeah, um, I heard that you're writing a book, actually.
1: Yes, I am. How's that going? It's going pretty good, I would say. That is awesome. Where are you in the writing process? Well, I'm editing it right now, so okay. the first draft is done.
0: <gasps> That's so so exciting. Yeah. So now you're in the editing phase. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Well, everyone will have to stay tuned (laughs) for what's to come with Zoe's book. That's a hard question for me. If I could be famous for one thing, what would it be? I think it would be something about like bringing, like connecting humans and animals together. Like kind of finding this universal language that we can bond over and communicate with animals or dogs. Um, Yeah, I'm just a big animal person. (laughs) So yeah, I don't know if that makes sense, but I think that's what I'd like to be famous for. Okay. Well, we would like to pause and thank St. Clair Health for being our annual sponsor. At St. Clair Health,
2: we're always improving, building on our commitment to face the challenges of today, making an impact on the communities we serve so we can be stronger together. St. Clair Health. Expert care from people who care.
0: So before we get into this episode, um, I do want to share a quick disclaimer um, and let our listeners know that this episode will include some sensitive information about Zoe's personal uh, mental health journey. And if you are experiencing any signs or symptoms of distress or um, anything that makes you feel unsafe or you feel like you're in crisis, please know that you should be, you should contact Resolve Crisis Network. Resolve Crisis Network is Allegheny County's 24-7 crisis response for the county, like I said, and they will be able to provide support immediately. So they can be reached at 888-796-8226. And because of the sensitivity of this important topic, we strongly encourage you to listen with a trusted adult and process your thoughts with them after listening. Lastly, I want to share that outreach is a low-level um, Low Level of Care Outpatient Counseling Organization. So we are here for listeners if they'd like to debrief the episode with a professional or if they have lower level needs. We do not see clients with higher level needs, but we'll do everything we can to refer clients who need support to someone that's the best fit. So the best fit level of care and to qualified professionals. All right, Zoe. Well, let's get started. Um, I really like for you to um, just kind of have the floor and start by sharing your experience uh, with mental health.
1: Yeah, well, I guess it started. Well, first of all, I was born in Florida. So I was Mm -hmm. born in Tampa. And I lived there until I was seven. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I had my sister down there and I had all my grandparents like right around the block. Yeah. So that was really nice to have them all Mm -hmm. right around the corner. Mm -hmm. My aunt and my cousin and then my grandparents.
0: That sounds so nice. It sounds like you had such a great like support system. Yeah. Full of family. So nearby.
1: Mm -hmm. And then I think I was seven when, seven or eight. Um, we moved to Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Well, my mom, my dad, my sister, and me, mm-hmm. we moved to Kentucky. And then my grandparents, my aunt and cousin, they moved to Pennsylvania, Pittsburgh. Yeah. And so it, Kentucky, it's, it was okay at first, but mm-hmm. it was like a really different culture there. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, it was just, and the, we were, apart from my grandparents and aunt and cousin. Mm-hmm. So that was just hard in general. And I had to start a new school mm-hmm. and my teacher, she wasn't the greatest. <laughs> okay. Um, she was a little bit, um, a little bit mean, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but I was, I guess I was making it work kind of. Mm-hmm. Um and then we spent, yeah, a couple years there, like three years, I think. Okay, so three years in Kentucky. Yeah. And my sister, she was going into middle school then. Um, and then, again, at that time, we were living in an apartment when we first moved there. Mm-hmm. But then we moved into a house. It was like 20 minutes away from the apartment.
0: Yeah.
1: And I had to switch schools again. So there's so much change yeah. in your life at this point in time.
0: Mhm.
1: And it was it was really hard. Um and I think at that point I started getting a little bit depressed.
0: Mhm.
1: I would feel sad like all the time. Mhm. And I just didn't want to go to school. Mhm. But I had to, of course. Um mm-hmm. And I would just, I would cry a lot. Mm-hmm. And I guess, um, it was just really hard to, you know, be there without, um, my family or, mm-hmm. well, my extended family. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, at the time it was just, it was was different Mm -hmm. because like I said with the the culture and everything
0: there was just so much it sounds like you were doing your best to adapt and adjust to Mm -hmm. but we know that adjustment is hard on us and I can imagine that there were just so many layers you know adjusting to a new culture adjusting to moving from school to a different school yeah Um, being far away from extended family that you were so close with all these things were factors that are going to be hard to process yeah
1: yeah and I think it must have been in fourth grade we were still in Kentucky Mm -hmm. um I started having a hard time in math class Mm -hmm. and I've always been very good at like language arts or people have told me that um but Math, it was not so much. Mm-hmm. And so I went to see this, I don't know, she was a psychologist or something. Mm-hmm. um And I don't know, there was like this downstairs basement of this place. Was it in the school? It wasn't in the school, it was like okay. in a building. Okay. And I don't know why I remember this, but it was like in a downstairs, like separate from. It looked like an interrogation room, kind of.
0: Yeah. So it was a little
1: weird looking, but it sounds a little scary. Yeah, it was. It was kind of like mm, nerve wracking, mm-hmm. to say the least, because I I didn't really know what was happening or why mm-hmm. I was going in here with this weird lady. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then she told me to answer all these questions on the computer, and then I don't know. She came back like an hour later, maybe. And I think she talked to me some. Mm -hmm. And then I think she was the one who diagnosed me with depression. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really know what that meant at the time. So I was just like, I was like, I don't know, nine, maybe ten. Yeah. You said you were in fourth grade. Yeah, I was in fourth Mm -hmm. grade. So that didn't really mean much to me because all I knew was that I was like sad. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it was... um, was really hard but I think when we moved to Pennsylvania at the end of fourth grade
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, we moved to Pennsylvania to be with my family and things got a lot better I would say mm-hmm. and I was gonna start fifth grade at Lincoln Elementary yeah and so right
0: in Mount Lebanon yeah
1: and it was it was going well because the first half of the year, you know, it was in person. This was pre-COVID. Right. So it was going well. This was, we moved here in 2019, so. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for that reference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this was the fall of 2019 and I started school in fifth grade at Lincoln and I made some friends. hmm So that was really nice. And I was near my family again. Mm-hmm. And then, I don't know, maybe halfway through the year, um, I started feeling, like, sad again. Mm -hmm. And I didn't, I couldn't really explain that because I always thought it was, you know, just because I was away from my family. Right. And I was here now, so I was a little bit confused. Valid. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't know. It just, it got really bad again. Mm
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And this feeling of sadness got really bad again, yeah, yeah, it got really bad again, and I would just be crying mm-hmm. after school, I think, mm-hmm. like all evening, and it was it was really hard, mm-hmm. and then I got a therapist again, mm-hmm. and I didn't know how I felt about her. Mm-hmm. She was okay, um, but She wasn't the greatest. Well, I mean, she just wasn't for me. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm trying to say. She was was nice and she was, like, trying to help. I just didn't really click with her. Yeah. And that's so true, though. You know,
0: really working with a counselor, there has to be this relationship, right? This, like, client-counselor relationship. We call that the therapeutic alliance. Mm -hmm. And... We just can't expect as a counselor to be a best fit for all of our clients. Yeah. And our clients also are the ones that have the choice to say, I feel like they like this is a good fit or I just don't feel like this is the best fit person for me. And that's totally fine. Um, so it sounds like, and it's pretty common um, yeah. because- Sometimes we're just, like I said, we're not all, we can't have the expectation that we're all great fits for each other. Mm -hmm. Um, So sometimes it does take working and exploring counselors a couple times before a client finds somebody that clicks, a
1: counselor that clicks with them. And I think, yeah, so the counselor, she was, she was okay, I guess, Mm -hmm. kind of, but... I think I just kind of dealt with that for, you know, a while. Yeah. And then things kind of got better again. Mm -hmm. And then COVID happened. COVID (laughs)
0: happened, I guess. So that would be like March of 2020. Yeah.
1: So like the second half of your fifth grade year. And so our fifth grade went all online. Okay. And at the beginning of the pandemic – I think at Mount Lebanon, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: at least, it was – online was, like, really unstructured because nobody had, like, figured out how to work things yet. Mm -hmm. So we were going on, like, Zooms, and then part of it was asynchronous. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And I don't know. Nobody really knew what we were doing because we were in the middle of a book. We were in language arts. So we had to read it on the computer in this tiny font, and it was – it was – Really a different experience, and I think that's kind of how it was for everybody. Yeah. Um, But it was okay at first, Mm -hmm. you know, as okay as that can be. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, it was COVID, the pandemic, so.
0: Right. Unprecedented times, for sure.
1: Mm -hmm. And I think, yeah, the summer of fifth grade, you know, we were just... Me and my sister and our family, we were at home, mm-hmm. just in our bubble, mm-hmm. quarantining, like most people did, I think. Yep. And, but we didn't even see like our extended family for a while, and so I think we were all a little lonely because, mm-hmm. I mean, we were kind of getting sick of each other, like anybody would, right? I'm sure a lot of people did. I, I I've heard a lot of people, yeah. Say. And, but we, we managed and Mm -hmm. we had, I had my sixth grade year online, Mm -hmm. all online and they had the hybrid option, but I didn't really want to do that.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So, and, um, I think it was like the summer or in the summer after fifth grade. So it was like, I don't know, we were all quarantining and then let me think. Okay. Yeah. Then we had a house disaster. A
0: house disaster.
1: Yeah, so rats invaded our house.
0: Oh my goodness! <laughs> they
1: were like a baby rats in the radiator, and they were like giving birth. So wow! And um, yeah, we had to like, and some other things were happening also.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so we had to leave. Okay, we had to move out of our house in the middle of COVID um, into an apartment. Yeah. And the apartment was actually, it was really nice. It's the Ashby Apartments. Okay. So it's over by the mall. Oh, yeah. I yeah. know what you're talking about. And it was actually pretty nice there, but um, it was definitely a lot of chaos. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, again, a lot of, un like, unexpected change. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think, yeah, that's where I did my sixth grade year online. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was all right. Um, it was more structured in sixth grade
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, because they kind of figured stuff out. Mm-hmm. And it was, I kind of liked it because you didn't really have to, you know, well, they told you to turn on your camera, but a lot of people didn't.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I liked that. Mm -hmm. Because I could sit there in my PJs and just, like, relax. (laughs) And sometimes I would, like, fall asleep in the middle of science class. Mm -hmm. But, like, um, it was okay for the most part at first. And then the second half was not so great. Um, I don't – My what happened was, so, I was – starting to get like a little bit lonely because i hadn't seen like spent time with any of my friends in like what been a almost a year at that point
0: okay i think because choosing that online option it had some pros you didn't have to turn your camera on you could stay in bed and be at Mm -hmm. school (laughs) but uh we know kind of like the there's two parts that I always think about with school. There's like the academic piece and the social piece. Yeah. So I can imagine that that social piece was something that you weren't fully engaging in mm-hmm. um, because of
1: the choice of doing school online. Yeah. So loneliness. And it was it was kind of disappointing too because in fifth grade at the beginning before COVID the teachers would always, like, talk to us about going into middle school and, like, taught us how to use the locker combinations.
0: Oh, yeah. And so we
1: thought we were going to get to, you know, do all that. Right. Because, you know, going into middle school is, like, a big thing. It's a big deal for sure. And so we – I didn't really ever get to do that, though. I mean, I did when I got back after COVID, but it's I think it's just different, you know, Mm -hmm. when you first go in sixth grade. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. That's just kind of what I expected to do, Mm -hmm. and that's not what happened. Right. The reality turned out to be different. Yeah. Yeah. And then in the second half of sixth grade year, I started getting a little bit lonely, yeah, like I said. And Mm -hmm. my sister started having some health problems, Mm -hmm. and so that was kind of... I don't know. That was kind of stressful for mm-hmm. me. And um so I spent we had this closet. Mhm. It was like a big it was like a walk-in closet, but not like giant. Mhm. And so I would do all my classes in there. So I start but I I started spending more of my time in there kind of alone just on my phone. Mm-hmm. And it was I definitely don't think that helped the situation. Mm-hmm. Like, because I know it was COVID, but, like, isolating myself. Mm-hmm. Even from my family. And that didn't help the situation. hmm So, I tried to get a therapist, or my parents did for me. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what happened. Oh, it was online. Makes sense. Yeah. And it didn't work out yeah um and so I think after that I just spent a lot of time in the closet really sad again Mm -hmm. um I think I was just you know done with everything and um in my mind it wasn't just like COVID it was like It wasn't just, like, the things that had happened to me. Mm -hmm. And I think the thing about depression is sometimes you can't explain it to people. Mm -hmm. It's like, how can, like, sometimes I can't really explain it to myself. Because how can you be that sad for, like, a reason you can't, sometimes you can't identify. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so. Do you feel like you were experiencing, like, hopelessness? Yeah, it was like kind of this sense of doom, I think. Mm -hmm. Like nothing was ever going to get better. Mm -hmm. And that nobody liked me. Mm -hmm. Even though that wasn't true. Mm -hmm. Um, And that I would just be better off dead or something. Mm -hmm. So you started to experience like suicidal ideation. Yeah. Yeah. And I think after a while, I just kind of let it, you know, pass. I think it lasted maybe A couple of months, Mm -hmm. maybe. Um, And did you tell anybody about this? I did, Mm -hmm. but you know, we tried to get that therapist, didn't work out. Um, So I think my parents knew, but you know, there wasn't a lot of like options at the time Mm -hmm. since everything was online and I didn't want to do online. Mm-hmm. so I was just like whatever I'll just deal with it mm-hmm. which I don't know maybe online probably would have been better than just crying in the closet but yeah. um so anyway though that went on for a couple months and this one day I was just I don't know I think I'm trying to remember one morning I think it was it wasn't like a gradual thing mm-hmm. it was like in the one morning I just woke up I felt really good. And I'm like, well, I'm not depressed anymore, so that's good.
0: Mm-hmm. So you and, felt different.
1: Yeah, I felt different. Yeah. And I think it's hard to explain. It was like not a – like everything kind of had like this glow to it,
0: mm-hmm. like this
1: very literal glow. Like I would see it glowing. Mm-hmm. And I had like – I was I'm trying to think. I was doing – well, I was still in the closet, but I would just lay on the floor Mm -hmm. in the closet and things were glowing and I was laying on the floor and I was looking up and all I can think about was how great life was. Mm -hmm. And like, I was, I would cry like Mm -hmm. all day maybe, or most of the day, part of the day. And I was – because there were tears of joy, though. hmm So I was, like, crying – I was crying, but it was, like, for a completely different reason.
0: Right. It and, was an expression of a different feeling other than sadness. Yeah. Of, like,
1: elation, maybe? Or yeah. This, like, it was, like, this joy... kind of – kind of felt like this adrenaline was going uh, through my veins, like, ecstasy. Yeah. And it was very um, – it was very interesting mm-hmm. feeling, Cause I never felt that before. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know for whatever. The longest time, I think for I don't know, whenever it ended. Um, that went on for a couple months though. But I kinda like I kinda liked it, but at the same time, like I would be really happy, but at the same time, every little thing somebody did, I would, like, get angry, Mm -hmm. and I wouldn't, like, express my anger, Mm -hmm. like, yell at them or anything more than usual. I would just have this internal, you know, anger. Yeah. But at the same time, I was happy, and so I didn't like that part because I didn't – I knew I shouldn't have been angry, but I was. That seemed conflicting. Yeah. Yeah. It was, and – but I didn't really say anything. I mean, I thought, I thought I was having a spiritual awakening mm-hmm. because I don't know. I guess that's what I read or something online. Yeah. And, um, I think a couple of months later, it went on for a couple of months. And this one night, it was just like a regular night. And I it think. was daily. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was daily, and it was all day.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And. I went to sleep one night and I woke up in the middle of the night yeah. and I saw this lady on the end of the bed
0: mm-hmm.
1: and she was like this, she was crawling towards me
0: mm-hmm. and
1: I just jumped back. I was like terrified mm-hmm. um, because I mean, there's a, if there's a lady on the end of your bed, like crawling and towards you, yeah, she was crawling towards me. She looked scary. She had like this, her hair in her face. Yeah. And she was, I don't know, I jumped, and then I turned on a light, and all of a sudden she was gone. hmm And for me, me and my sister, we joked about, for a while, um, we joked about it being a spirit. hmm Because we joked about it being a spirit because we went to Williamsburg, like, a couple weeks before. Yeah. And... You know, it's supposed to – it's a really old town Mm -hmm. um, in Pennsylvania, and it's supposed to be haunted. And we went on a ghost tour. Mm -hmm. So we joked about a spirit following us home. Right. And neither of us really actually believed it, but I don't know. I guess that's what I kind of, you know, used to cope with that. Right, because we – if something scary happens, we want to
0: understand what happened and the why, right? Yeah. So it sounds like that's – that is a – that's a valid and, and, um, really like, I feel like that would be a typical way to cope. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You try to name the experience and make sense of it. Oh, you just went to this place where mm-hmm. you did a haunted <laughs> tour thing. So.
1: Yeah. And so. I hear that. I think I just, eventually I felt normal again. hmm Quote normal. Um. And what does that mean? You, you weren't. I wasn't, I felt like good, uh-huh. like happy. But not, like, super, super happy where, like, everything was glowing Mm -hmm. and everything was great
0: Mm -hmm, and life mm -hmm. is
1: awesome and I never want to die and all this stuff. Um, But I wasn't sad either. And so I started my seventh grade year Mm -hmm. and that – it was pretty good. Um, It kind of felt like – it was in person. Okay. So it felt like everything was kind of getting back to normal. Yeah, And – I thought everything was going to get back to normal. hmm Um, so, we were, I don't know, I think. And so, um, I think what happened? Yeah. I think the first couple months, I think school started in August, at the end of August. hmm So, the first, like, three months were good. Mm-hmm. I was, like, doing my classes. I was getting good grades. Um, I was making friends, yeah, and I was feeling good again. And then I think we were on fall break. I think it was just had just been my thirteenth birthday by Mm -hmm. October,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and then I think after around Halloween, I think it was like fall break, Mm -hmm. and I think it was it was something. No, this was before fall break. Um, after my birthday, though, after my 13th birthday, mm-hmm. it was at school one day, and I was in the classroom, in English class, I think it was, and we we were right by this big window. Mm-hmm. The English classroom, it overlooked, like, the playground, mm-hmm. and sometimes the teachers would take the middle schoolers out there and stuff, or the um, um, Jefferson Elementary okay. would go out there. Right. And so it was, like, pretty typical to hear, you know, kids playing out there and stuff. Mm Because usually they did. Um, And I didn't really think anything of it. Because I was sitting there doing my work and I heard them playing. Mm -hmm. But the thing was, it was, like, it seemed a little weird to me. Because it was just silence and then they just started. Mm -hmm. Like, usually it's, like, gradual.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Or, like, you know, it's there. Or, like, they come out one by one.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: mm-hmm. Um, but it was a little weird to me. So I went to get up to go to pretend to sharpen my pencil. Yeah. Because I wanted to see out the window because it was right by the window. Right. And then I looked out there, and there was nobody out there. And I thought, well, that's weird. Maybe they're, like, in the other classroom.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But, like, that's not what it sounded like. Mm-hmm. And so I looked over in the other classroom, and I saw these – In the other classroom, all the the kids, there were, like, I don't know, 20 kids in there or something, and everyone, they were all looking at me, and their eyes were, like, green or something, Mm -hmm. and I'm, like, this is a little freaky, like, I don't really know what's happening. Mm -hmm. I thought maybe I was just, I don't know, you know, imagining things or, like, overthinking it or something, Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and so I just went to sit back down.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then I went to my next class. I waited for the class to end. I, you know, thought maybe I had something in my eye or something.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. But I went to my next class and then I started hearing construction mm-hmm. out the window, again, of the math class. Mm-hmm. And it's usually, you know, there's also construction. Mm-hmm. So, and I looked out there and there was nobody out there. And like no signs of like trucks yeah, or like construction. Yeah, an- there wasn't. And there were no people mm-hmm. and I heard people talking like outside mm-hmm. and these loud noises and then I would hear music mm-hmm. but the um, the band room and the orchestra room they're downstairs mm-hmm. like two floors below us and so I thought that was weird
0: yeah
1: and um, that freaked me out a little mm-hmm. um, but I just I don't know I went along with it that day um, mm-hmm. A couple other things happened that day. But, you know, the next day, it was a little And did more. you tell anybody? At this point, I was not telling anybody. Okay. Because I thought maybe, oh, I don't know. Maybe I'm, there's I'm just not seeing the construction. Maybe it's, like, over in the distance where right. I can't see it. Right. Um, Right. So I didn't tell anybody yet. So the next couple days, I kept going. Mm-hmm. And I could still do things. I could still pay attention. Mm-hmm. And then I think what well, really um I don't know, made me think something was wrong. Mm-hmm. Um I think a couple of days later I was in science class and we were learning I don't know what we were learning about um it's like genetics or something or DNA? I don't know. But <laughs> I guess it doesn't really matter. But I was trying to do my work, yeah. all of a sudden I hear this really loud explosion. I looked over and there was like a volcano.
0: In like, outside
1: lab? the window, because I sat next to the window. Okay, okay. So, this yeah. isn't in your... Like, you weren't no. working on no, we, we were No, we were doing, like, a... DNA. ...individual yeah. side okay, yeah, right. Like, on paper. Gotcha. And so, I looked out, and there was, like, off in the distance, there was this volcano, and it was, like, um, it was all exploding mm-hmm. everywhere. And... I was looking over and nobody else was looking.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm
1: like, this is weird. Aren't you guys going to, well, I didn't say anything, but I was thinking, aren't you guys going to look or something? Right. Aren't kids, normally kids would comment yeah. on that and make, yeah. yeah. But no, the teacher just kept going on with his lesson. Right. Like, okay, well, this is weird. hmm And so then um, I actually didn't say anything to my parents at the time, mm-hmm. but so that went on till about fall break. It was like Halloween time. And was there a reason, Zoe, you you
0: chose not to share with your parents what you were experiencing? I think part of it
1: was just, like, a little, I was a little confused. And yeah. I didn't want to make a big deal mm-hmm. out of something that's, like, whatever. Just, you know, I'm mm-hmm. just imagining stuff. Mm-hmm. And I guess I don't. I didn't really know how to tell them. Like, what do you say? I saw a volcano out my window. Like, I don't know. I wouldn't know how to say that. But I think, luckily, um, I was having, I don't know, a little bit before that, a little before this, the – probably the beginning of seventh grade. Mm -hmm. I had, like, these – some ocd symptoms Mm -hmm. like i was tapping things to like make sure like i'd have to tap the wall three times to make sure nobody died Mm -hmm. and things like that but that was all gone by the time this happened. it was very brief Mm -hmm. um and but they had already booked a therapist appointment okay with the doctor yeah Uh, i think it was a the doc it was like um a Therapist, like a short-term therapist through the doctor's office. Oh, okay. Gotcha. And so I was going to go see her. And she was talking to me all about how to cope with, like, OCD and stuff. Mm-hmm. And symptoms of OCD. And and I had to be the one. I was like, well, that doesn't really happen anymore. That was a couple days. And um, I'm also seeing a volcano out my window. Mm-hmm. By that time, I think – Maybe it was, like, I think maybe, like, a couple days before that, mm-hmm. I started hearing these voices. And they were, like, I don't know. At first, I didn't know what they were saying. Mm-hmm. And then I think it was they would just have regular conversation. And so I went and I told her all this. Right. And and she, I don't know, she, I think she almost fell out of her chair because she's, like, a child, um, she usually works with, like, I think she worked with, like, 5 to 12, like, younger kids. Okay. And I, I think she almost fell out of her chair because she looked really shocked. hmm And because I don't, she probably hasn't heard that before because she's working with younger kids. And that usually doesn't present that early. Right. Wow. And
0: you went in presenting with, she. I think she thought, mm-hmm. with OCD, yeah, so signs and symptoms. I guess then... I kind
1: of, like, I don't know. I confused her a
0: little bit, but I'm so glad that you shared with her,
1: you know, you advocated for
0: yourself in that, mm-hmm. in that, um, meeting and said, yeah, you know, I did experience some of, <laughs> you know, those compulsions, like tapping three times you know, making mm-hmm. sure, try to make sure everybody, um, stays alive. Yeah. Right. But then you were, you advocated that actually. You shared what else you're experiencing, right? Mm-hmm. And that's, and that was a safe space to do that. Yeah. Um, because, because yeah,
1: I felt, I think I felt more comfortable telling her. Right. Than I did my parents, not cause I trusted her more. Cause I didn't really, I just met the lady. So mm-hmm. I didn't, I just, you know, it was just, she was like a professional. Right. And so after I think I told her and she almost fell out of her chair, um, And then she kind of freaked out a little. She's like, well, what do they say? And I'm like, well, I I was kind of nervous. I was going to lie. But, like, I didn't want to tell her what they said. Because I thought, I don't know, she was going to think I was, like, needed to be in the hospital or something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, I guess I could tell her. Mm -hmm. And so. Yeah, I'm sure that you felt very vulnerable in that situation. Yeah, yeah. And so I think I, I finally told her after like five minutes of sitting there for trying to guess
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I think I did, well actually I didn't tell her but she finally did guess, mm-hmm. and she's like well do they tell you to like hurt yourself or something mm-hmm. I'm like a maybe mm-hmm. and that's what I say when I mean yes mm-hmm. I don't want to say yes so like to my therapist now that's what I say yeah. um and and then, I don't know, she was, like, rushing around. She was like, I have to go talk to my supervisor.
0: Mm-hmm. And so she
1: goes and she... I'm sitting there thinking she's going to, like, call an ambulance or something. Um, yeah. But she didn't, though. So that's... She told my parents and she's like, well, you could go get an evaluation at Western Psych. Mm-hmm. And... But, like, I guess I didn't really know what that was. Because mm-hmm. um, I've never been there before. Right. At the time. And I was like, well, okay. So, we went there. They just did That same us. day, you went. Yeah. Yep. And I we had to wait, like, seven hours.
0: Mm-hmm. So, it was
1: not a great experience. experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but they just told us. I wasn't admitted. So, they just told us to go to the at-risk program for psychosis, I think it was. Mm-hmm. But their earliest appointment was, like, months away.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so I just waited, and we couldn't really do anything.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I didn't even have a therapist at the time, because the lady that I had, that the one that told us, to, she wouldn't see me again. Mm-hmm. And I don't really blame her. I mean, because, like, if that's not your specialty, then, you know... Like, if you can't help somebody, then what's the point in seeing them? Right. And,
0: yeah, I just want to clarify that that is how we practice as yeah. counselors, right? It's our ethical obligation and, and duty to make sure that we feel competent in working with our clients. Yeah. And if we don't, um, we are supposed to refer out mm-hmm. and make sure there is a qualified professional. Yeah, um, So, and it has nothing to do with the client. It's just, can we help them with what they're presenting with is the yeah. question that we have to ask ourselves and answer,
1: honestly. Mm. Yeah. And I think, so we had to wait months to get an evaluation for this at-risk place. hmm And um, it was at-risk for psychosis for like 12 to 21, I think. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, We finally got the evaluation, but like after, between um, them referring us to the at-risk place and our evaluation there, uh, things, I think they just got a lot worse, Mm -hmm. and by the time we got there, they said, well, you can't, you're not allowed in here, and we waited like, I don't know, four months for this appointment, and they said, well, no, you're not at risk anymore. You're in psychosis, and Ah, so
0: the severity for you with psychosis symptoms increased. Mm -hmm. So instead of being a a good fit for the at-risk psychosis um, treatment, they said, no, now you have to
1: go to a psychosis treatment Yeah, that's what they said. Okay. But in the greater Pittsburgh area, there's only two. Yeah. And what are those two? What's the name of them? Yeah. Okay, there's STEP. Step. services treatment for early psychosis. That's what it stands for. Okay. And then there's Engage. Engage. I don't know what that
0: there's so many acronyms, aren't there? Aren't there, Um, Zoe? Yeah, but So STEP and Engage are the two Yeah. Known treatment facilities Mm -hmm. for children or teens with psychosis yeah yeah because normally um that diagnosis is for is is commonly diagnosed later
1: on in life yeah but and she referred us to the step Mm -hmm. and she said but you know here's the catch they do um their first episode psychosis clinic but you know they only take 14 and up Mm Mm-hmm. And I just turned 13, like, I don't know, three months ago. Right, in October. And we're like, well, what about Engage? She's like, well, they're only 15 and up. Mm-hmm. And so um, we didn't really know what to do mm-hmm. because it was, you know, we tried calling. Maybe they would make an exception. They didn't.
0: Mm -hmm. Because,
1: I mean, that's kind of what they have to do, though, you know, because insurance. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it's not their fault. But, like, we didn't know what to do. So we just, I think we had to find our own um, outside psychiatrist, I think. Mm -hmm. And um, we looked around, um, but couldn't find anything. Eventually, ended up back at Western Psych. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and then I got admitted that time. Okay. And did you, were you told to go to Western psych or was it more of like a, I think a crisis situation or, or like, I'm pretty sure. Okay. So yeah, we had a psychiatrist actually though. And then our psychiatrist told us to go there. Oh, okay. Cause we'd been seeing her for a while. Hmm. Um, but, um, she couldn't increase the medicine fast enough okay. Because then, she, yeah, she started me on the med- some medicine. Mm-hmm. And she couldn't increase it fast enough. Mm-hmm. And so I went there. They increased it a little. Um, and it was it was an interesting experience, you know. But, and a lot of the, a lot of chaos, but there. But. Um, yeah. Eventually, I think, yeah, I got discharged. I was there for like nine days, I think. Mm-hmm. And I got outpatient again, and I was doing kind of okay, mm-hmm. and, but I was still having symptoms. Was your medication helping? It was helping, yes.
0: Mm-hmm. With, but, like,
1: the hallucinations. Yeah, I was. Mm-hmm. And um, I was, yeah, but it wasn't taking the stuff away completely. Mm-hmm. And then also I had these other things coming back again, like, I was getting depressed again,
0: Mm -hmm. and I
1: was, like, I don't know, I think at one point, I got this really, um, really, it was, like, this really good feeling again, Mm -hmm. and I don't know, at one point, I think, I, when was it? I don't know when it was, but I think I, well, I thought, I thought I had these powers, mm-hmm. or I thought I could fly, mm-hmm. I thought I was immortal, I thought I thought like all these things, mm-hmm. and, you know, none of which were true, which I fi- found out when, you know, I crashed into, like, a depression, and so that didn't, you know, go very well, but... And what do you mean by that? Like, it didn't go very well? No, so, so did you try to... Well I did fly, fly or I maybe, did not try to fly thank yeah. goodness cause yeah. um, that could be I think the very medicine, risky yeah it, yeah. it would have been so it's a good thing that didn't happen
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, because I think I think at that time I got on a different medicine then like mm-hmm. another one, I think, and that kind of stabilized that oh good and. So then, I wasn't really getting depressed or anything anymore.
0: Mm-hmm. I wasn't
1: feeling like I could fly. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like a up-down roller coaster, mm-hmm. which was good, but um, I was still having these psychosis symptoms. Like I thought the air was poisoned,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and all this stuff. Yeah, and people were out to get me, and it was it was it was very scary. Yeah. Um, but so, would
0: we? Would we? To clarify, just for listeners, that would be more so, like,
1: delusions yeah. that you were experiencing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm trying to think. It was it was just very, um, very scary altogether. But, yeah. And then I think. That would be very scary. Yeah. And then I finally got a therapist, though. So, and I'm still with her. Now what type of therapist is this? Well, she is I think I'm not actually sure. Okay. I think she does. I've had a couple therapists. Mhm. Um but this is the one I've been with the longest. Mhm. And she just she kind of helps me like sort things out. Mhm. And you know, just to figure out my goals and stuff. Yeah, I love that. And I think, yeah. And so, then we kept trying. I've been through like partial program, partial hospitalization programs, mm-hmm. where it's like you go there for the day, and you go home at night. Mm-hmm. It's like substitute for school mm-hmm. for like a short term. Mm-hmm. And then I've been through, you know, outpatient. Um, went to the hospital again. Mm-hmm. Um, had a lot of evaluations, yeah, the emergency room and it was it's just it's been very wild. yeah, it's been it's been a journey it
0: sounds like for sure, Zoe. Mm-hmm. I would like to pause real quick and just thank St Clair Health for their generosity in sponsoring the second season of Team's Tap in.
2: At St. Clair Health, we're always improving, building on our commitment to face the challenges of today, making an impact on the communities we serve so we can be stronger together by creating reliable resources that recognize all of our neighbors with access to the highest quality healthcare, advanced care close to home, and a shared humanity that delivers on our joint vision to create a healthier community for all. St. Clair Health. Expert care from
0: people who care. So Zoe, thank you so much for sharing your journey with psychosis. It it I, I know the journey is still going, and it's it's not something you know. Mental health isn't about reaching some destination. It really is all about the journey and finding ways to manage and cope and um, lead a happy and healthy life, right? Or our mental health, and if we experience any mental health challenges or um, anything in that realm, right? It doesn't defy us as, as people. We're so much more than that. Um,
1: but I'm wondering for you, like, where are you now? Well, I'm still trying to find, like, the right medicine.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I guess I'm doing okay right now, mm-hmm. but I've been better. Mm-hmm. And are still trying to find the right things. Yeah, so that means
0: like really finding the right like medication management, um, as well as it sounds like you're working with a a counselor who yeah. is well informed about um, or with psychosis. Mm-hmm. Are you still
1: hoping to get into one of these step or engage programs? Well, I am 14 now, but mm-hmm. we tried to get in there. It didn't really go as well okay um they thought I was too severe Mm -hmm. so um but I think we're just gonna try to find like an outpatient doctor I mean we've had a lot Mm -hmm. but we're still trying to find one that I connect with yeah and hopefully get back to Mount Lebanon school district because I wasn't able to go to school Mm -hmm. for like a while Mm -hmm. and then I ended up at Wesley school you're right yeah and but I do hope to get back to Mount Lebanon school district and find a good doctor Mm -hmm. I love that goal so what do you want people to
0: maybe better understand about psychosis or just about people with mental health um challenges
1: in general Probably that it's not like how the media portrays it. Mm -hmm. Because I know there's a lot of um, movies and shows out there that don't portray mental health the best. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, the characters who usually have a mental health problem are like homicidal Mm -hmm. or like killers or like violent. Mm -hmm. When in reality, that's not really how it is. And most of the time. We're just normal people with extra challenges. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think you said that just so
0: well, right? A lot of times mental health is a very internal struggle, an internal battle. Um, And I think that's why it's so important for everyone to be kind as much as possible to each other. Because a lot of people are fighting a battle that we may know nothing about. Um, so I think that, that rings so true, Zoe. And what are some ways that you found, um, or would like to share maybe with listeners who are experiencing any type of, you know, mental health? Like, what are some ways that you think are helpful to cope?
1: Well, I like listening to music a lot. Yeah. So usually I take my headphones everywhere. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's really relaxing to
0: mm-hmm. me
1: and sometimes i like watching i like watching a lot of tv okay um any any current favorite shows you're watching i'm watching the gifted right now it's on c w ooh i've and heard of that show i haven't watched it myself but yeah, i've heard good things it's it's pretty good um yeah it's and wonderful. i also like I like hanging out with my sister. Mm-hmm. And because she oh, she's, makes me laugh a lot. Mm-hmm. And my mom and my grandparents. Mm-hmm. And my aunt. Yes, because now you're all mm-hmm. now back I- in Pittsburgh together.
0: I love that. Well, Zoe, before we wrap up our episode for today, is there anything else you'd like to share? I didn't feel like you had the opportunity to?
2: I guess
1: just maybe that, you know, it's not just people with mental health problems. A lot of people would just, like, probably assume that, you know, because, like, in health class, they teach you um, all these different things about mental health Mm -hmm. and how it just affects, like, you know, your mental health, Mm -hmm. but I think it actually affects everything in your life. If you have a mental health problem, Mm -hmm. it affects your relationships. um, It affects your, affect your physical health Mm -hmm. and um, your social life. And so it's not just like in your head. Yeah. So well said, right. Mental health
0: problems interfere with every other realm of living Mm -hmm. right so school if you work home life relationships like you said and if anybody feels like for some reason and it's okay if you can't identify it but if you feel like your life is being interfered in some way maybe it is a good next step to reach out to a professional counselor and talk through some of those things um just to first gain a better awareness of what you're experiencing. And then um, as counselors, we're trained to help with next steps that would be, again, right, in, in your best interest. Uh, but I think that's such a good point, Zoe, and that's why it's so important to, I want to encourage people to be preventative as much mm-hmm. as possible. And if something seems um, off or something seems different or scary um, or just you feel really confused, about an experience you had and an emotion that you're you're having, if they seem like they're conflicting, um, it's okay to reach out for help. It's okay to tell a trusted adult. It's it's very advocated that you reach out for help and to know that you are not alone and there are people out there and supports out there um, that really have that really want to help and can help. Um, it normally is a journey, right? And, and I think Zoe's, um, Zoe, your experience and and you coming on the podcast today and sharing your experience has highlighted that. Um, but the thing that I think is so beautiful is that you're going to keep going Mm -hmm. and, um, that's just the most beautiful thing. So, Lastly, this podcast would not be possible without the support of St. Clair Health. Please listen to the following ad.
2: At St. Clair Health, we're always improving, building on our commitment to face the challenges of today, making an impact on the communities we serve so we can be stronger together. St. Clair Health, expert care from people who care. All right. Well, again,
0: Zoe, thank you so much for being our wonderful guest on yeah. today's episode. Um, just, just thank you so much for coming in today. I really appreciate it and really enjoyed, um, really enjoyed making this podcast episode with you. And thank you to all our listeners for your support. None of it would be possible without Outreach Teen and Family Services and our annual sponsor, St. Clair Health. Stay tuned for more episodes. All right. Thanks, Zoe. Bye. Bye.
2: The views and opinions expressed in the Teens Tap In podcast represent the opinions of the hosts and their guests. The views and opinions expressed by Outreach Teen and Family Services employees, donors, and volunteers are their own and do not necessarily reflect the view of Outreach Teen and Family Services or the show's sponsors. The content here should not be taken as counseling advice. The content here is for informational purposes only, and because each person is unique, please consult your mental health provider or physician for any mental health counseling or other medical questions. The podcast should not be used in any legal capacity whatsoever, including, but not limited to, establishing a standard of care in a legal sense or as a basis for expert witness testimony. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements or opinions made on the podcast. If you find any error in any of the content of the podcast, please contact us at podcasts at outreachteen.org. Outreach Teen and Family Services, its sponsors, donors, and partners expressly disclaim any and all liability or responsibility for any direct, indirect, incidental, special, consequential, or other damages whatsoever arising out of any individual's use of, reference to, reliance on, or inability to use this podcast or the information presented in this podcast. Please go to www.outreachteen.org to see the complete notice and disclaimer for the podcast episodes.